Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons. Yeah, that's right. We're playing D&D today, and we're glad to have you all here with us, either at home listening, maybe in the chat room live right now, or maybe you're watching this on YouTube later. Don't know? It doesn't really matter. We're just happy to have you here, so thanks for being here. And uh, sit on down, grab a phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBDT and, and uh, drink with us. Won't you? Will you? Can you? Won't you? All right, let's get right to it. Before we get to the game today... We're going to throw it to Kristen, who will take the mic and explain what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, Nash was coerced into consuming the creepy confectionery. Reluctantly released, he flew furiously into a field and forced out the phantasmal fair. Dinner, however, was delicious. They toasted to their triumph, then proceeded to plan. A bike in a boathouse would briskly bear them to the tiefling town where they would alert Eminil about an angry archfey. They would next clamor to the cottage. Finally, they would ferry to the foremost fey, secure the summoning circle, and track trustworthy contractors to derive a device from the dragon heart. Now night, Nash nodded as Varel set up a security system for first watch. Hope and Stanley meandered to the motorcycle, crashing it as they conceptualized controls. They reminisced and reconciled. Stanley cautioned about the concept of conquest at any cost. Hope revealed the removal of the relic would result in her irreversible retirement. They then mused on Stanley's misgivings about his dad still bringing him to bear, despite the destined disaster. Was it all for nothing? Maybe. But maybe this Stanley was the one to welcome the ultimate win. The next day, they nodded Nash to the bike's back as Varel fixed himself to the front. They tore through the trees toward the tieflings. They elicited Eminil's ear. After a temporary tension, she led them to the lake, necessitating nudity with a call to converse with the mysterious matron Malhaya. Now rejoin our heroes as they dare to bear all. Will they welcome the water? What will be revealed in the mysteries from Malhaya? And can they manage to focus and wrap up their roster in a record two episodes? Stay tuned for today's adventure within the sacred halls and green walls of Elhandar. All right, Bo, back in your court. Stanley Billings, you're walking towards the lake at the center of the harbor, a settlement of the surviving tieflings of Tietkala, subjects of Queen Hope 
your companion follows behind uh, walking out of the cottage as, as does Varel and Nash before you Emanil has disrobed on her way out from her home to the lake and she has slowly walked into the water stopping up to her breast and then turns around and stands there waiting for you to follow Stanley, if you will, describe the process of undress as you move from Manil's house in the harbor to the lake. Uh, well, there's nothing formal or ritualistic about it. It's more functional. It's just, you know, take a step, there goes a boot. Take a step, there goes a boot. Uh, you know, there goes a cloak. It's like the trail leading through your house when you've had a bad day. Just clothes from shore up to the shore um you know nothing nothing really pretentious or ritualistic about it just pure function and then into the water okay now at this time I ask if Nash, Vorel or Hope will join Stanley in following Eminem into the pool like naked mm-hmm. well I mean what do you do I'm totally going in there are you going in naked? Oh, hell yeah. All right. Describe the process of undress as you move from Eminil's house in the harbor to the lake. I will float to the lake. And as I float, I will gradually unravel. Uh, I'll remove my cloak, first of all, which, that I've been wearing. And then I'm going to peel off my uh, considerable amount of sort of long bandage material and just sort of leave it trailing behind me. And... Uh, that won't take long at all. It'll just sort of fall away. And I will continue to float buck naked toward where she is going. Do you stay above the water or you descend into the water? Is, are they already in the water? Are we there yet? They're in the water up to their chest, I standing will, on the ground. I will move over to where Stanley is, wink at him with a smile, and then lower myself slowly into the water like fried chicken. Okay. <laughs> that happens. Sweet. Varel, Hope. Uh, Hope will see what's going on and she'll walk to the edge of the water. Are there any bushes? Uh, there's uh, weeds all along the side of the lake. Uh, it's not tended at all, but there's no bushes, so to speak. Okay. She'll kind of like crouch down to kind of cover up in the weeds and awkwardly take off her shoes, probably fall over once or twice. Mm-hmm. to get naked and then creep into the water. Okay, so you do so with modesty and awkwardness, not... <laughs> More awkwardness than modesty, but yes. Okay, perfect. Pharrell, your companions have disrobed and walked into the water. Are you... Uh, does this affect your lizard brain in any way? As an already naked lizard, I debate the clothes around me. Think about lighting them on fire for a hot moment. But then proceed in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The four of you, uh, one by one, make your way into the lake in the middle of this settlement called the Harbor inside of a boreal forest on the space station El Hendar, soiled with the soil or soiled with the or fertilized with soil from the Feywild. Emanil turns to face everyone and reaches a hand out to the left and reaches a hand out 
to the right and says, everyone, we are about to go on a journey to speak with Malhaya. You must be very careful with your actions as we commune with the fishbird. Do you understand? Yes. And she takes her hands and they move to her neck and you notice that there's a very small locket on her round her neck. You never saw it before because it was under her garments. This locket is round in shape and gold, has a few gems inside. Very small, very tiny. She opens up the locket, <clears throat> and Stanley, you catch a quick glimpse of a photo of a, not a photo, but a, a drawing, like a, a painting. It's very small lithograph of, of a male tiefling that you've never seen before. And inside this locket, there appears to be these brown and orange flakes. And she opens up the locket and dumps them into her <clears throat> red and purple hand. She closes the locket and then she turns to you, Stanley, and she says, and she takes one of the flakes from her hands and motions to give it to you. Sorry, I'm just trying to emote with my hand. There's so much stuff here. She motions to give it to you. All right, I'll reach out. Okay. And then she very deliberately takes another flake from her hand, Nash, and reaches out to give you the flake. I will also receive it. Okay. Uh, she takes the the next flake, Hope, and she turns to you and she hands it to you. Hope will take it. And then she takes one more and gives it to Varel. I will hold it in front of me with pinched fingers. Okay, it's a very small flake, and if you hold it too hard, you you know you'll crunch it. It looks very brittle. And she keeps the remaining flakes in her hands, and she says, she takes one. And she says now. In order to ensure that we survive our journey, please place the flake upon your tongue then close your mouth and hold it there till it melts and dissolves, then swallow. Where are we going? She demonstrates by going, putting it on her tongue. So we do like one of those, uh, remember those breath freshener things that were like they disappear and they were really hot and you put them in your mouth it's like one of those yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah sure one of the Listerine, uh, many middle school dates those things so. <laughs> however the difference is it just tastes like fish flakes Ugh. oh great better than bird flakes <laughs> better than bird flakes that's what I say I'm serious where are we going <laughs> we are to speak with the fish god or fish bird and I don't quite know where we're going or are they quite what will happen just what I have been told are these drugs these are a kind of holy food they will ease our transition into what comes next and she reaches out her hand to the left and right one to Stanley one to Hope Form a circle. Do you all take hands? Yeah. yeah. Reach out. All right. She reaches out and she says, Now, bring the circle to the bottom of the lake. And she begins stepping backwards, holding your hands and pulling you down. And then she disappears beneath the water. Do you follow or do you break off? Follow. 
follow. Okay, you walk. Uh, Nash, are you are you into this? Yeah, I know my, you got water issues sometimes. It's not oh, yeah, ghost I'm water. Total, though, I'm so totally fine, down but... with it. Totally down. <laughs> okay, got water issues. <laughs> Do I have water um, issues? <laughs> I don't yeah, know it's ghost it. water, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Varel, anything for you? Uh, we're about to move into the water here. I know you have legendary breathing, so I, I'm just taking the opportunity to ask. Yeah, uh, I hold my breath for the, what, 10 minutes I can do it at a time. and I think it's expect- 15. Yeah. yeah Only because I watch that clip about the elevator a lot, and you make me laugh. <laughs> 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 I hold my lizard friend folk for 15 minutes. All right. Um <clears throat> You move uh, together with Eminil into the water. And as you move into the water, your, your ears fill with water and your vision fills with water so that it makes listening and hearing very difficult. They're very muted, as we understand the water. Sound doesn't travel very well through water. And your eyes become blurry. But one of th- is everyone holding their breath? Uh, for yeah, going in, I think yeah. Insti- instinctually, yes. Okay, so as you move under the water with everyone holding your breath, you hear this muffled sound coming from Eminil saying, you don't have to hold your breath. Allow the water to enter you and be one with you. I'm here if you get scared. All right. I sort of hear that mumble through the water. I'll go full Ed Harris and just... <laughs> it just starts sucking in my abyss water and... Okay. You I'm start making it. those faces and doing those actions and... Hope Varel and Stanley, I think, look at you alarmedly, but after about 30 seconds of doing this, you realize you're kind of just doing it and you're not really choking at all. And you've just your water, your, your lungs and your mouth are full of water, but somehow you're breathing it and it's not affecting you whatsoever. Okay. Unless you want to keep acting that no, way. No, no, no. I'll just get used to it. Okay. Sort of. I mean, if you want, you want to get them back for the bonbons, you can totally, it's a good opportunity right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to ruin the sacred nature of this, so I'm just going to... I'll get used to Aww. it. Yeah. Look at Nash. Well, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. And, and so the rest of you see that Nash, appear, Nash and Imanil appear to be have their mouth open, and Imanil was speaking, and they appear relaxed in a way that you aren't. Take a breath. Okay. You open your mouth and let the water pour in. And... It fills your lungs. I just realized I have an emergency. Uh, I don't know where my dice went to. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure oh, you don't need them. I have like zero dice in my vicinity, and I swear I saw them, and it just freaked me out. Okay, cool. We're back. <laughs> um, so you take a lung full of air, or water, rather. You take a lung full of water, breathe it in, and you, you're shocked to find that it feels good, that it gives you life, and that... It doesn't do what water normally does, which is choke and suffocate you. You feel like you're you're able to just consume it into your lungs and then expel it, and you just seem okay. And you can't exp- your mind can't explain it. Stanley would give a look to Varel and Hope and just sort of a nod that, yeah, this is okay. Surprisingly, Hope will take a breath. All right, the same occurs to you, Hope, as you open up your mouth and take a lungful of water. The water doesn't suffocate you or prevent you from existing. or You get nothing. It feels good, like breathing air. It's a strange sensation because you can breathe the air, but sound still doesn't travel very well through it, and you still move slowly uh, through the water. 
but you can breathe it. Varel, are you still holding your breath? I'll be last to take it in, but I realize it might be important to the ritual, and I proceed. Okay. Maybe you just open up a little bit and let a little in to see what how it works, and you're... There's something very unusual about the fact that you can be breathing water because the as soon as you let a little bit in, it feels good. So you take a, a draw instinctively and you draw in a bunch of water and it fills your lungs and it feels like it's giving you life the same way the desert air would give you life after a deep breath, after a kill. Who am I sitting next to? Who are my handhold companions? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, who is? So I have I have Stanley and Hope on either side of Eminil, so that would make you and Nash on the opposite side of the circle. Yeah. I think Nash said he floated right next to me, so I'd imagine it's probably Eminil, me, Nash, Varel, Hope. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to yeah. blow some water at Nash. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Just a, wi- a windy, wet blow. Okay. Old windy okay. wet blow. That works. Uh, Took it a problem. Does so. Was there any intended effect, or is it just a? Uh... No, just have fun with the uh, the environment that's going on. Very good. Okay, you do that. And Eminel looks to all of you, and you you know it's harder to see her features in the water. It's a very murky lake, but as your eyes adjust to the darker um, area lower towards the bottom of the lake. And she's continuing to guide you along to the very lowest point of the lake, which is not a very big lake. So you do your walk, maybe five minutes and then she stops everyone. And you look around and you see like there, there's a lot of seaweeds the, 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 the ground on the bottom lake is very soft and you sink in a little bit and you hear squishy things. You see schools of fish sort of dart around and get away from you. Um, She stops there, and then she takes, uh, in her hand, she had the remaining flakes, and she takes uh, her fist, and she opens up her hand and lets the flakes go. And the flakes have this weird reactive effect to the water. They were brown and orange, but as she lets them go, they shine every prismatic color available. And they're almost blinding. Just for a quick second, they (laughs) spark up. And then they settle into this shimmering kind of glitter in the circle all around you and you can't make out the words she's saying but you can hear her speaking in the water and she repeats this over and over three times and as your hands are held there's this intensity that happens with your hands and everyone it feels like you fall backwards in the water and as you do so you black out for a quick second Jeez. And then you blink, and then you're back in water. Except this time the water's turbulent. When you go to stand on the ground again, you look down, you see there's no ground. It's just endless void, water void down below. And you look up and you see miles and miles away. Surface, maybe? Sunlight? It's brighter up top, and it's it's very dark below, and there's no bottom that you can see. And you look all around, and you see endless clear, not clear blue, like a murky middle blue. <laughs> I don't know what the middle blue is. Like a navy blue, maybe? Like a, a, like a darker blue, but it still seems clear. It's a strange place, and you're all sort of floating. Does anyone have any swimming issues, or are you all able to tread water? I um, don't know. I've never point. thought about I don't this. Think, I don't think... I know Varel's a swimmer. I don't have anything that is hindering me, as far as I know. We practiced yeah, I just mean a little bit way back early in the day. 
I think Stanley might be at this point okay, but he's still not a lot of experience because there's not a lot of water where we're from. Okay, so you, you, you appear to be struggling just a little bit. You're trying your best, but you appear to be sliding down. Eminel grabs you with her hand, and she she easily sort of brings you back up because you are all buoyant. And she, as she kicks up and brings you back up and, and holds you and steadies you in the group. Um, I imagine everyone else is treading water just fine then. Uh, and as you reorient yourself to whatever it is you're seeing, you you in the distance you hear like a then all these fish come flying all around you swimming all around you like stanley at one point you look around there's like hundreds of fish and the fish come up and they swirl around and and then they go on their way and then everyone is just taken over by all of these fish like millions of fish just came out of the blue and are flying around you and swimming around you and some of them are like on your like on your uh, skin or something, just trying to figure out what it is. They don't seem to find you hostile at all. Uh, fish usually dart away. These fish fly up and surround you and and, and, and hang around you. <laughs> wow. It's like those things in the mall where you put your feet in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> through, through the murky water, MNL's voice sounds clearer here. And she says, everyone, tread water and stay still. Do not leave. Do not depart or split or go off anywhere, especially anything that looks um, interesting. And she treads water and she sort of looks around with a worried look on her face. And we don't perceive any other beings here other than the fish that are nibbling at us. Right? Yeah, there's fish that are that are nibbling at all of you. Um, hang on, let me pick something here. All right. Eminil then, seeing that no one's saying, you're all looking at her sort of expecting, like, what's next? Um, <clears throat> she regains her composure, swallows. I'm just looking for something. Okay, there we go. Uh, swallows and says... <clears throat> Malhaya, great shepherd of the tides, fishbird to all. We have come from a forlorn world, bereft of your bereft, excuse me, of your nourishing waters. We come to you seeking your aid in our most desperate hour. Please. Her voice screams out, like that screams out, but carries out over the water and the fish get disturbed by the loud sounds. They sort of look around and they dart off into a direction and within seconds, all the fish are gone. Oh boy. And she looks to both of you and she says, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For what? I... <laughs> I'm sorry. Says Nash. I. It is not. It is more beautiful than I expected. 
all of this water here. This could be on Earth. And she looks around and, and she, she appears desperate. Where, where is he, Stanley? Lelu, where is he? And she looks around kind of confused and nothing appears to be happening. You've never performed this before? No. I... My... I was once married. He passed when the vampires ruled Tietkalahi. Our faith was forbidden, and my husband would not give up his faith. Before he passed, he, he gave me these fish flakes and told me when I needed them. To call on Malhaya for help. I've never done this before. I didn't expect to be in a place like this. Just that I had to be in water. Lelu, you did not tell me what is happening. All around you is endless void of water. She looks at you, Stanley, and then she looks to Hope and she says, I'm, I'm sorry. She takes a deep breath and she says, We will wait. We will have faith. Malhaya will come for us. Lilu would not lie to me. And then she sort of treads water holding you up, and she sort of resolved to be patient and stoic, and she waits. Lilu, that is your late husband? She nods affirmatively, but not opening her mouth. Did the surface of the water disappear? Are we in a watery dimension? You, there's nothing but water in every single direction. There's no no other kind of thing. No more fish anymore? The fish have gone. You see, you look out and you see dark navy. As you look up, you see that the blues turn to lighter hues, and as you look down, you see black. You were told nothing more of the ritual, simply about the flakes and the water. He told me on his deathbed. He gave this to me. He, he, he was... 
the reverend of the Fishburne Church. Yeah. I loved Lelu, but I, at the time, did not observe the same beliefs as him. And when he passed, that was since that was his life to help other tieflings. It's the only thing I have left of him. And now we need his help. I, 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 he did not explain whatever happened here. She looks starting to look positively scared now, but just keeping it under wraps. But you can kind of tell that uh, she's severely agitated and was not expecting this. Do we await the fish bird? Yes. We await the fish bird. What is the fish bird's name? Malhaya. Malhaya! I am Varel Rasphim Kirik. I have entered your dimension in hopes of curing a curse. You may not know me, but you will know my exploits. And I will list the list, and I'll skip it for the sake of everyone listening. But it does end with Keeper of Stories, Butcher of the Barasaurus, and Deceiver of the Cheater, Diantalus. <laughs> oh, I love that we got an right. update. That's great. You want to do like a performance roll, please, for that? With pleasure. Or a religion roll, Nat if you touch you. That's 20. You sure you didn't want to make it a religion? No, I'm pretty good. <laughs> we both are zero, so let's take it. Nat 20! All right, sweet. Do you have any bonuses on that, or is it uh, 20? <laughs> no, uh, no, no, zero zeros. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, so um, you, you announce yourself to the open water, and as you announce, as, you wa- as everyone watches Varel announce himself, two really large yellow eyes emerge behind him in the blue. They're kind of cat-like. You know, they have, like, more of a sliver. They're pretty wide apart on either side of Varel. Varel, you haven't seen this yet. Sounds bad. Is... Is that what we're supposed to do? I would imagine you've brought many people to this realm. Are we supposed to announce ourselves, our intent, our purpose? Who are you saying this to? Eminel. Eminel looks at the eyes and is gone. As if she doesn't hear you. She's like apprehensive and caught up in fight or flight completely. You feel her body tighten up and shake and she's completely despondent. Am I able to follow everyone's eyes to know something's behind me? No, Stanley just said something kind of casual. Although you can see Eminil look at something and you see Eminil look at something and freeze up and, you know, you're, you're a lizard folk guy. You can kind of read blood pressure maybe in the, in the neck or something of these weaker beings. I don't know. You get the sense. The vibe is definitely very uh, fear, fearful. All right. I would like to maintain holding hands, but I will flip upside down by paddling my feet. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right. 
you flip upside down maintaining the handholds and you flip upside down you see some very large yellow eyes looking at your circle in the deep blue so you have arrived do you seek to challenge me you hear a loud voice echo through the water going you feel it it's so loud it, it doesn't deafen you because it's muted in the water but you feel the water vibrate all around you it's a weird sensation that you've never felt before And after that large sound, the eyes sort of close and open, and they start to grow bigger. It's approaching. Well, let's maybe not anger any water deities while we're here. Maybe that's who we're waiting for. This Eminel. That's Eminem. Oh, I mean the other one. The thing she keeps saying. I forgot the name. What's she called the god? You can hear her starting to whisper. Malhaya, protect us. Malhaya, oh, Malhaya. Yeah, Malhaya. Stand Malhaya, that's protect I meant. us. Malhaya, Are we to take it that's not Malhaya then? And, and as you say, are we to take it that's not Malhaya? The eyes get close enough that scale begins to be seen miles and miles of scale begin to emerge and 50,000 teeth also cut through the water and expose themselves as it begins to open large fins also appear as a giant face the size of a planet moves forward before you and then you begin to see tentacles emerge from behind this creature and and Imanil whispers she grabs you tight she goes it's Kraken Run! Swim, bro! Run! And she moves around. She starts swimming in the opposite direction of the Kraken. Like, run, you fools! And she starts, swim, you fools! And she's like, she's booking it now. Stanley! She yells from behind you. And she's booking it. I would follow after, but I would be calling, how do we get out of here? She's just, she's taking off. She's full fight, flight, or flight. Flight or fight or flight? Better fight. Did anyone do anything? I mean, I'm not gonna hang around. I'm gonna swim after her. Okay, Nash begins swimming away. Yeah, I'm not a very good swimmer, so I would try to stop her, but I can't imagine I'd even get close. Okay, so do you start going down and make a sound to get her to come help you? Uh, I mean, no, I'm probably managing-ish, but the ability to catch up to her, to stop her or anything like okay. that is not So you're happen. you're starting to swim, is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Hope, Varel? Hope would stick with Varel because there's no way she's going to outpace this thing. I mean, it would move a tiny amount and just overtake them, so she's going to stick by Varel. Okay, and Varel? very much a similar conclusion. This is the test of whatever god we've summoned here. So I would be just toothy grinning. I mean, this is this is a glorious creature. 
I would be in awe of its presence and delighted at the chance to battle it. Okay. As, so, uh, as Stanley's swimming, he's just calling back to her, trying to grab her, but again, probably failing. Probably not making okay. a lot of progress. She does stop and turn, but when she does finally hear, if she does hear you, she stops and turns. And she, she reaches out a hand to help you, but her eyes are on this massive, massive creature, a kraken, f- full of teeth, full of uh, fins, full of tentacles that ra- like that come from the behind him that is, are moving forward in this giant circle, you know, hundreds of them ready to just pluck you out of existence, it looks like. very Everything looks threatening, but there's, there's no friendly god here. It's... it's it's a kraken. It's a giant uh, beast, and it has a, even one of those little barbed beards full of like barnacles or whatever, and tentacles and all that stuff. Giant teeth. Is almost a whole world inside its mouth as you see it sort of <sighs> open its mouth, and very quickly its eyes dart to another direction, and it turns its head <sighs> and swims off. <sighs> but it leaves such a wake in the water that everyone's like, <clears throat> just like getting moved around in the water as the kraken and disappears in the deep blue as if it was never there but maybe it's still there you don't know and a few moments later behind it you hear and then this fish comes darting and this fish is you know maybe the size of a whale but it moves like a bullet and it has these flappy little wings that goes around and it spins around in a big circle around you and makes a whirlpool. And then out of the whirlpool, it like makes this structure of ground you can stand upon, a disc. But it's, a, it's solid water, but not ice. It's magic. And there's sort of this force, like almost like there's gravity here that isn't water gravity, like gravity affected by water, but like air gravity. And everyone sort of descends down to the disc and stands still in water. And then the bird goes up. (laughs) And it's laughing childlike as it flies around the water. And then it brings its big face up to you and puts its chin on the disc and goes... I think it's the fish bird. Malhaya, we presume. <laughs> Malhaya, a name, a name. Why do you summon me? That bubbles the water. like the first god better. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Bring back the Kraken. <laughs> Pharrell tries to hide his disappointment. <laughs> He's waiting. Is he blowing that noise out uh, of his mouth? Yeah, I mean his gills and his mouth. Okay. Mostly his mouth. Like he's got a fish mouth, but it somehow speaks. Does he have wings like a bird? Mm-hmm. Okay. He has wings like a bird. He has a long fish, like fish body with like fish scale on it, but whale size, beautiful 
<clears throat> rainbow. I should describe these things, right? Beautiful <laughs> rainbow fin, fins on uh, the side fins and the tail fin, uh, a very long mane across the top. He's very um, like cylinder. He isn't sort of a flat fish. He's like a cylinder fish. And he's got like massive but beautiful speckled gills. He's actually very beautiful. He's all kinds of colors as they reflect off whatever sunlight might be coming from the, the, the sky. And, and But his fish face is like almost pointed where it almost becomes like a bird and then it sort of narrows down and he has actually like a little pointer and so when he when he talks his mouth is like it's like his pointers his nose and his mouth is underneath but it's very fish like he's got big fish eyes this thing's a real freak yeah it flaps uh, his tail fin like a dog is Eminem on the platform with everybody because she She's there, yes. She's is holding this, on to you. Is this platform underwater still, or are we above water right now? You're in water. Still in water, okay. You're below water. There's no land or air anywhere that you can see. So I would simply try and, you know, assist her in getting back to focus and business here and just... I think this is who you came to see. Stanley, we came to 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 ask Malhaya about what we should do with Diantalus and how we should proceed in saving Earth, yes? Yes. Then these are your questions. And as much of an honor as it is for me to be here, we're here for you. Okay. Um. Hi, uh, Malhaya. Um. Hi. <laughs> uh, my name is Stanley Billings. These are my friends. Nash, Pharrell, Hope, Eminem. Friends! Yay! Nice to meet you, Stanley. <laughs> How much does Stanley hate this character? A hundred percent. All of the percentage. <laughs> uh. Made me regret so many decisions I've made in this campaign. <laughs> Um, we've uh, come here because we are from a planet absent of water, absent of much life. Oh, no, no, no. That sounds terrible. It is. We're seeking your wisdom uh, in perhaps... Finding a way to restore the planet. Mmm, water. Nourishing water. I give nourishing waters. You want nourishing waters? Take nourishing waters. We have plenty. Plenty! Look back at Eminem. I don't think this is working. 
she grabs your arm and she says, You are speaking to a god. Do not judge it on based on the measurements of mortals. They are their personas identified. They may make you uncomfortable. But remember, you are speaking to a god. They make me think they don't know what they're doing. I hear all in my realm. You have a problem with faith, I see. Yeah, can't imagine where I got that from. Well, (laughs) so angry, so angry. You need nourishing waters. Drink of the water. Drink. Hmm. You wish for my help, mortal? Yes. But you have little faith. You are angry. The world has hurt you, and now you wish to hurt it, like the kraken you met. But the kraken, for as fearful and as mean as he is, is the weakest of them all. Do you understand? Not in the slightest. You come to me seeking nourishing waters. You have ingested the fish flakes. You're here. For aid, yes? If not so, then what do you seek from the god of all water? I seek aid from my world. I seek aid stopping a archfey who is trying to destroy us. And I seek aid in restoring myself and my companion here, who have been diminished by this archfey. Archfays, archfays, and foes. Small problems for small people. <laughs> Sounds like you're missing water, and you would like to have it. Yes? Yes. How do we take it to our planet in a quantity that will be useful? You must find... Wait. The waters. They're telling me something. Yes, you're from Earth. The world called Earth. Many tieflings of Earth celebrate me. I love them. You need the key. And what is the key? You need the key to bring water to your world. But your world is too hot. The dragons have seen that. We don't like it there. Cool it down some. And renew your faith in the world of water and the bountiful, nourishing gift that makes all mortals live and breathe will be delivered to your world. And he sort of flops about. Gotta put in the work first before you can have the water. How would we go about doing that? Oh, 
you want all the answers from me, do you? I would like an answer from you. We can start there. Hmm. An answer. So simple. Cool the world down. It is too hot for me and my kind. Too much fire. Like the one you're with right there. Ooh, a fish with legs. Nash will laugh at Varel. We have fish with legs. But for some reason, you have the flame about you, and you come to my realm with the flames about. Were you a god, I would take it as insult. But you're immortal, and I forgive you, child. Rid yourself and your world of the flames. Then pray to Malaya, that's me, for my aid. And aid shall come. Faith shall be rewarded. And we will make you whole again, and your planet, and your friends, and everyone you love, and everyone I love, all the fish. And then it jumps up off the disc, and he begins swimming around. Stanley will look at M&L. How do we return home? M&L ignores you and steps forward towards Malhaya and says, Great fish bird, may I pet your scales? And the fish looks and goes, Of course you can! Come Scratch my scales. And Eminil leans, like not leans down, but steps forward. Remember, you guys are all naked, right? Um, oh, yeah. She kneels down yeah. and she be, takes like her hand and the scale is almost the size of her, you know, body. Like it's super huge. And she just begins sort of scratching underneath it. And Fishbird goes, hmm. This appears to be enjoying it. And, and she says, she turns to you, Stanley, and says, Are you done? And then some. She turns to... We, she turns. We, we have not received our cure. I don't think we're going to receive a damn thing. No. No, I accept this quest to cool the planet. I accept the extinguishing of flames. But to do this, Fishbird, I require my power back that Diantalus has stolen. Fishbird looks around. I see. You have been harmed by an evil little fairy. A bad fairy. Yes. And what have you done for the world of water that you expect such gifts from it? Do you not know that is not how we work here? How about giving my life, Malhaya? I sacrificed my life for the world in your name, under your guidance. You disappear. <laughs> You're gone. 
Wait, he's not here. Stanley's gone, or he's the gone. little dude's gone. Stanley's oh. gone. Shit. Wait, what did you do? Such with an Stanley? angry elf. Ooh, says the fish bird. Where did you send him? Where is he? Meh. The fish bird says. I don't care if you are a god. Tell us where you took our friend. Nash disappears. If anyone would like to speak of matters of import, I am here for you, the faithful. But if you're going to be uh, unpleasant, then we're done. And I have much work to do in the waters. Can you read my mind? I know your soul. Very good. And I think hard, picturing the room at the Golden Sands, the certain device of magical know-how that I don't understand called an AC unit that I could use to cure the world of such heat. <laughs> Ooh, man. And know this, and I think hard. That whenever I level up, I could change my flames into an ice aura or lightning aura, and I'd be willing to do so to cool the world. Come closer, Vorel. I walk closer. And Imina looks up to you, smiling from ear to ear. Finally, it's sort of ecstatic, but uh, meeting the fish bird, and she reaches out a hand and she says... Be, be gentle with him. He is not like you. He's not a warrior. He is a nourisher. Love him. I place a wide hand on the forehead of the fish bird. Mm. Yes. Yes. A great warrior. You think that you can beat the Kraken? Oh, I should like to see that. I would love to try. Not today. This is my realm. I say what goes and what doesn't go here. If your friends promise to behave and treat me with some respect, I may restore them from their permanent banishment. have need of them. They are foolish but useful. Likely overcome by their nakedness at the moment. I will give them one chance. And if not, I will return them from whence they came. Emanil here, soul and faith is very pure. And I would hate to hurt one with such love for me. And then Nash and Stanley reappear. Boop. And Stanley, you can continue your rant now if you want. <laughs> Are we aware of anything that happened? Or is it just we were gone nope. and now we're suddenly back? Uh, you were aware that you're gone, but you have no idea how much time. It was just black. It was like being dead for just a second. And we didn't even see each other in that blackness, right? No, no. You were just in the void. You were. And- you don't know what it was, but everyone's in a different place. 
you do know you you have an intellectual knowledge that you were blinked out. Okay. But it you you know you're just back. So Stanley appears. He just he would just, and that's what happened. <laughs> Emmanuel turns to you and says, "You lost your temper with the fish bird. Malhaya is a sensitive soul. He's given you one last chance, Stanley. And Vorel here has has a fondness for him. I think." Is that true, Varel? I will flash my scales, prismatic colors, matching Fishbird. Ooh, and his fins flap. Can you hear that? (laughs) He's very excited. My apologies for my outburst earlier. It isn't sincere. It's sincere. <sighs> I knew we could be friends, Stanley Billings, or shall I say, Villironath. Does everyone need a break? <laughs> <laughs> I think I could use a break. All right. So why don't help. we pause it there? We're at an exact <laughs> halfway point, and uh, yeah. All right. Let me think about what we'll what we'll ask of this crazy character. We'll take a few we'll minutes and go think about what we've done. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. All right. Go. Oh. Okay. Cool. Let me just uh, kick it into ready? gear here. <laughs> zombie. <mind. laughs> All right. We're back, everybody, for the latter half of tonight's adventure. Back to you, Bo. <laughs> 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 All right. He looks to you guys. And then Eminil stops uh, his scratching for a moment and then kneels to him and, and speaks softly to where she appears to be f- finding an ear hole or something like that. Elhaya, we are very tired and very drained from all the hardship that has happened to us and I have been your faithful servant from the moment I saw the truth and my Lilu died my friends here do not have not yet seen your truth but struggle and wish to know we need help and we have no others and I call upon you in the name of my husband, the name of Lilu. He promised that you would aid us. Stanley and Vorel are grievously, grievously injured. Can you cure them? Please. And the fish bird goes... And then he looks at Varel and he says, This one is most pleasing to me, in spite of his misguidedness. But you have explained yourself very well, my child. I will converse with you in a form less agitating. Yes, 
I wish to try something. And then he, within a second, his scales sort of pull in and he shrinks in size and forms a fish scale version of Varel, blue and speckled. Yes, this is pleasing. Ah, and he stands your height. Mm. And then he looks to you, Varel, and he says, he looks at his own chest and he looks at your chest and he goes, I cannot, I cannot make this. How do you make an eye? Inquires of you, Varel. It is a gift. And the the fish version of yourself, Malhaya, leans down and looks at your chest. May I touch your eye? Do I sense any reservation from Gurgil? Uh, Grosjil seems he's he seems angry there's a sense pounding through your blood that you want to kill this thing but there's also a sense that even Grosjil acknowledges that the likelihood for success is quite low. Infinitesimally low. So he's sort of stuck in this uh, loop of being wise, but also angry and wanting to kill this thing. Naturally. I will let the touch happen. So the version of yourself that is made of fish scale, so very, very light you know, scales touches your eye. Ooh, I see what he sees. Oh, and the fish bird moves his hand away. It's you. You persist, Grosjil. You are feared among the gods. Vorel, you carry with you a very dangerous being. Why did you bring him to me? Are you here to kill me too? Please. He goes where I go. There is no slight intended by his presence. One he slew has already set creation on the course of destruction. He's the very unmaker of everything that you see. But perhaps your destiny is to repair these things. The gods don't know the outcome of this. Come. He reaches out a hand before you, and that it's a Varel hand. So a Varel hand sticks out up in front of you, and there's this reverberation of blue, and you feel like this the, this blue light like pulling from you, like strands. Loop, loop, 
loop, loop, loop. And then these these stringy blue strands of ethereal energy sort of pull out into his hand, and then he takes them, and he goes, All gone. And you're now cured of the debuffs that uh, Diantalus placed upon you. Enough. And he turns to Eminel and says, Will your companion be angry with me if I do this too? Eminel shakes her head no. And Malhaya Varel looks at you, Stanley, with a inv- look of invitation upon his face to step towards him. I'll step forward. He reaches out his hand and engages in the same action. And the strands move from you. And he clutches them in his hand and goes, great flourish and presentation. There, my children. You are healed of what ails you. Thank you. Perhaps now you will be at peace. As for your other request, how to bring the waters to your world? Well, you must cure it of the blight that the dragons placed upon it. That rock in the void will forever be bereft of water in the state that it's in. Even the gods have no purchase on this matter. For the old lords of creation are claiming this world as theirs. And in this, the gods cannot help you. I'm sorry, Emmanuel. You said that we needed to cool the planet down. We've already been tasked with finding the hottest place on the planet. I there are means by which we could do that. The waters tell me the last of your kind, dragon kind. has delivered to you the means through which to do this. A device of impossible geometry. Oh, yes. A device of the gods. How can I I help you? And how can I help you to create this device? Yes. Ah. You seek answers from me. Answers I shall give to reward Emmanuel for being so stalwart. Her faith keeps us alive, you know, as the faith of others. 
<clears throat> you will need to find an engineer of works of such nature. There is one I know of, but his location is invisible to me. It is a place somewhere where the gods can't see in the prime material plane. But the waters tell me he was last seen in the vicinity of a world called Faerun. wish to speak with the leader of the Elhendari people, Stanley. You have just met them and know little of them. But you are Elvin and you are the stewards of all life. It is your role to understand creation and live in harmony with it as the representatives of your royal court in the prime material. Go forth and swim to your royal court. Hear from them what must be done. Your answers are out there and you are close. You must have faith that the stream will take you to the safe waters you seek. Now I grow weary, children. I must swim again before I depart. Let me leave you with some wisdom. The kingdoms of men and women, of mortals, of all shapes and sizes, have one great failing. They reach beyond their own nature. And this is the great tragedy of mortals. No matter how high you climb, Without nourishing water, you are dust. Remember this. And then Fish Scale Varel begins to walk towards the side of the disc, and then he jumps into the water, transforms back into a large fish, and goes, Whee! and sort of swims around you and goes, Farewell! Farewell! he swims off into the water and then everyone just falls backwards and turns black uh, their eyes turn to black and then you open your eyes again and everyone is lying back down at the bottom of the lake in the harbor you recognize all the 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 seaweeds and and the soft ground and you can see the the water ceiling is maybe you know 10 15 feet above you not very high and you're all lying at the bottom of the lake in the harbor
Alright, Stanley will start swimming for swimming up and swimming for the shore. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you're the first to emerge from the lake and uh, you come out uh, fully nude. Uh, you know, ding dong, dangling around and all that business. And uh, the tieflings of the harbor are all standing and watching the lake and watch you. None of them approach or say anything, but they're all standing and watching. Stanley will come out of the water, kind of press the digitate off, quick air dry, start throwing on clothes again. Okay, perfect. Doesn't pay any mind to the tieflings. Everyone else? I'm going to rise out of the water the same way I dipped in. Mm-hmm. Arm, arms outreached, super serious face, and say, We're back! <laughs> and then I'm going to go float over to where my clothes are and start wrapping myself up again. All right, perfect. Uh, Varel, hope. I will pop up from the water saying, Yes! Ah! Pat my bicep, give a couple of little uh, uh, lizard peck squeezes, and triumphantly walk my way onto the sandy shore. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Okay, you get out of the water, and yep, you you look uh, positively proud. Hope. Hope will come out of the water and then freeze as she realizes everyone is there watching. As you emerge from the water, the tieflings all avert their gaze. Okay, she'll quickly run over to the weeds and get her clothes out and start dressing. Yeah, no one sees you. Uh, Okay, and you start dressing. Everyone getting dressed. Nash, did you get out of the water? Oh, yeah. I rose out. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot you rose out. Sorry. We're doing this one at a time for, like, everything. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just... (laughs) Everything's like, what are you... Uh, Okay, so you all emerge from the water and begin uh, robing, and if that's your thing. And um, Stanley, you do notice that Eminil hasn't emerged from the water. Uh I'll, uh... point my finger in that direction and send a message uh, using the message spell and Mm -hmm. just say Eminel, are you coming? After a moment, you get a message back. You can give a message back. Eight words or less, right? Uh, It doesn't really specify on this. Okay. I think I can still kind of accomplish that. Um, uh, She says, I need some time. Leave me. I'll send another one. You'll be okay down there. I'll be fine. All right. Mm, And with that, uh, no stuff. Nobieri appears from the you know the crowd of tieflings that are it's not that there's that many but emerges from his house and looks out at the four of you and approaches you hope slowly with his staff and he looks and he says hope tell me what happened we met with Malhaya beautiful and what did the great fishbird say? 
many things, but I think we have a better plan of what to do. Well, if the counsel you were given was indeed from Malhaya, then you received wise advice. Where is Imanil? Can um, I hear this, or is this a private conversation between them? No, you can hear this. It's not. He's not making it private. He's just. I'm just speaking quietly because I'm doing necromancer nobiary. <laughs> Stanley would offer an answer on that and just say she's still below. She said she needs some time. He nods and seems to understand. I will return to my studies. Should you need anything, my queen, I am at your disposal at any time. Thank you. And then before he leaves, he opens up his robe and he gives you a cell stone. Opens it up. You recognize it from the first time you got one. I don't know if you still have the last one, but I've been able to procure some more before we fled here, you can reach me with this. Thank you. We're, remember, Hope. Oh, sorry, Stanley. We're going to be leaving soon. Uh, Eminel has the details. Um, just keep an eye out. If anybody asks where we're going, feel free to let them know we're no longer on El Hanna. He looks to you, Hope, with his reacting to the news about leaving Elhandar, almost as if he's looking for you to confirm it non-verbally. Hope nods. Very well. Remember, I know you want to protect us, but we serve you. If there is a war to be fought, then all tieflings should be there to fight by your side. We are not helpless sheep. Remember that. I will. And he turns around and returns to his cottage home. Well, we're about midday. We're in the harbor. There are houses all around. The sun is high in the sky. would you like to do next up is the cottage right yeah i think next we should see to getting nash and his family secured hope we'll start heading to the bike okay so the party heads to the bike are we assuming previous arrangements with nash tied to the back <laughs> and varel on the front sure all right Sounds so good. you guys yep you guys clamber on in uh, on top into the uh, noble speeder and hope you gun it just within seconds you're already more comfortable doing it the accelerator is it doesn't take long to hit top speed and within seconds you're through the forest uh down the path i assume you're taking like do you want to take a off path through the trees pat route this vehicle does maneuver well between trees in spite of it being dangerous no on the path is fine all right so you Kind of reminding me of Phantom Menace now. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and you, within, you know, a very close amount of time. Hang on, let me figure this out. Oh, it's ukulele time. Sorry, everyone. Uninstall that. Um, all right. I was hoping you're going to play some. <laughs> Hold on, guys. It's ukulele time. <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, all right. So if I'm just checking out the map here where you guys are at, you'd be at the harbor. And it's a pretty short jump. So maybe within 15 minutes, you can make it to the... Um, make it to the cottage. So my question for you, Hope, or for the party is, do you want to just roll up to Villa or Nath, or do you want to uh, take a roundabout way in some, just because you guys are being cautious? I think direct. I think we generally agree we're on the clock, and the faster we act, the better. I agree. Okay. All right, so you pull into the house, and Hope sets it down. And you're there. And as soon as you make it into the yard, uh, the door swings open and Angela, she comes out and runs up to Nash and gives him a big hug and a big kiss. Oh, of course you have to lower yourself. So she pulls you down by the rope first and gives you a big hug. All right. (laughs) She throws her arms around you and she says, I missed you, Nash. I missed you too. I don't know what it was. I, I, I felt maybe you were in danger. Well, you never know when I go out there. We could have been. There's a lot of uh, water today. It's a long story. I'll tell you later. But how are the kids? They're good. They're great. They're better than great. They're wonderful. Four of them. Four of them, Nash. Yeah. Did they? I did thought they, I'd never have them. Anyways, they it's doing a wonderful weird? day. Glad that you're back. Are you staying? Are they? I mean, no. <laughs> Can I do a insight check on Angelashi. See, sure. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good. Idea. This feels genuine at all. It's fourteen. Remember, this is me role playing. <laughs> Everything feels disingenuous, <laughs> even to me. I don't trust myself half the time when I'm listening to myself. What was it? Fourteen. Fourteen. Was it fourteen? You don't remain. You don't remain convinced that you're sure she's not dying, Talos, but on the balance of probabilities, she doesn't, you know, you wouldn't, you don't suspect her. She's not acting out of character. I don't know. She loves Nash. Yeah. But she yeah, just seems in the particular mood where she's being very expressive of it. Probably because you guys were gone for like two days. I love this, that Stanley would actually be not unconvinced that anyone could love Nash. That's actually what's He's going got a, on here. Stanley has a ton of PTSD from his experience. <laughs> like, John's doing a really good job. Of, like I, can't just I love that. That's great. It's I almost worry it's a little too real for John some days. Like, <laughs> I did have an elf in my head a while ago. This is too real, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to want to see those kids, so I don't know if that's a thing you want to cover or if I should just not do that. Or Well, I mean, you're back at the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to spring anything on you at the moment. So whatever you guys want to do, tell me and we'll do that. Uh, I'm just I just want to check on the kids. So see them. Okay, perfect. So Nasha, you know, disembarks, takes off the the, the rope and mo- moves into the house to check on his kids and yeah. be a husband. Yeah, it's nothing you have to role play unless you have a reason for me to. Yeah, I think Stanley would just confer with Hope and Varel and just sort of lay out what we think the plan needs to be, which is mm-hmm. in order for us to get them out, we need Nash to go 
learn the teleportation sigil here. I don't know if it's best to try and bring everybody with us. If we should leave somebody here to keep an eye on things. What do you all think? We should abandon the villa. We should all go to the portal. Prepare it. Get our device made. And head out as soon as possible. I agree. I think that's probably best. We'll all be together. No one will be on their own. Although I do think we need to meet with the leader. What was his name? Did we get his name? The high elf, right? Float around. Yeah, floated around on the water. I had that. Hang on. I think I have it in my notes here. One sec. High elf Amenthalodar. Amenthalodar. High elf is his title. Yeah, I'll put the, I'll, I'll I'll put it in Slack so you don't have to like guess. Uh, yeah. Okay. Amantha Lodar. It's the kind of compound worded up. Amantha Lodar. I think we still need to meet with him. See what's going, what his plans are. See if he can point us in the direction of our engineer. And see if he can secure us away back home. In case of prying ears, we should speak no more of this now that the plan is set. I agree. All right, so what would you guys like to do? Let's wait for Nash to gather up everybody. Didn't we, oh, so, we going to ask yeah. uh, the nurse, our, our host, about something? Oh, right. We should talk to her. Are we trying to save her? Are we going to leave her behind? Probably logistically easier, but is it the right thing to do? Well, remember, Liriel is a, you know, Elhendari elf. So she's with them, even if she's a player on your team. and Because you seem to be not wanting to tell a lot of people uh, outside of the people you trust about what's occurred. Yeah, that's a good point. What's our plan for Lyriel? So far, she's been trusted with the children. She hasn't done us wrong. Supplied us. If we are able to gain her services, I'm sure she would, and I'll look towards the house, help us relieve Nash of his duties. All right, so as we go and kind of start gathering, helping gather people, supplies, things of that nature. I don't mm-hmm. know if we need to RP the whole thing, but get everybody. I don't know. We don't need to do that. We can, if you guys want to make preparations, like tell me what, how you want to prep and we'll get that sorted. Uh, so the plan is to gather everybody, right? All the kids, Angelashi, Lyriel. Bok Bok Squirts. They're, <laughs> they're coming too. We're yeah, not going to them in the house. Yeah, Bok Bok and Squirts are there. We won't role play all the... Basically, we'll just say you've talked to all of your, your NPC followers here and they're on board with the... You know, they trust I, you to make these decisions about this. I would go retrieve my father's key 
which I would assume would close the doorway okay. to his study. So I don't have an item in D&D Beyond, but make sure to, to put the cottage study key, Villa Ornath cottage study key okay. in your inventory, please. All right, so I've got Angelashi, f- f- the kids, Spock Box, Squirts, and I mean, Nashi would have come down from husbandly duties by yeah. this time, so oh, you yeah. can participate in that. Everyone can participate. Yeah, we're all there together. In the planification of what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. So Angelashi, four kids, you got Bok Bok and Squirts, and who else? Not Lyriel. Not You're not going to talk to her at all. No, I thought we were bringing Lyriel. Did we decide yeah. okay. not to bring her? Yeah, we're bringing her. Okay, Does so she because she's a player controlled character, I mean, we're just going to assume she's on board with it. Uh, yeah, I hope I mean, this is your call. <laughs> your character. Yeah, totally. And do you think she, well, I'm not going to ask that because she may have a secret life. So I don't know. Um, but you've assured them that you're on their team and not going to tell this, you know, how much information. I just want to know how much information she knows. And what her decision would be. We tell her the whole deal. There's danger, or do we just leave it at there's danger? We need to take the kids. I, I think that, and just that we really could use her help because she's been instrumental so far, and it'd be great if she could be there. Yeah, maybe Let we her, leave and, it at and that. Are you swearing her to secrecy, or just not telling her the secret stuff? Well, we'll tell her to keep everything we tell her. Seriously. Yeah, it's just Kristen gets to make the call. I'm just I want to oh, know what the oh, parameters oh, are, so she knows what she can have, what she can do with it. Probably not all the details, but just know that it's secret. We're nervous about who we can trust at the moment. Yeah, and we need to get them out of there. Cool. She's all on board. She all even right. squeals a little when you mention danger. Whoa. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, now uh, we have Bokbok, Swartz, Angelash, Kids, Liriel. I think that's everyone, right? Apart from the Tieflings, and the Tieflings want to stay. So um, what, I guess that's everyone. What's what next? Ha- oh, I was I was almost like, where's the other lizard folk? And I forgot he... Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I forgot he's not with us anymore. Oh, um, 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 he has yeah. feet. Yeah. <laughs> he has feet. <laughs> <laughs> For a hot True. second, I spaced him. All right. What else would you like to do with your plan ahead? Like you mentioned getting to the teleportation circle, I think that's. Yeah. So I think next step would be to go and see if we could meet with the high elf. Um, and. Samantha Lodar. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And okay. yeah, we can ask about a teleportation signal from there. Okay. Uh, so I assume that means you're going to travel via the Rainbow Road back to the Cadulet, or mm-hmm. do you have some other plan to contact somebody? You're going to okay, Rainbow Road yeah, it is. I think All right, so if you if you refer to the Roll Twenty map, then you can take the Noble Speeder, or you can set out on foot. What what do you want to do with the Noble Speeder? Uh, do you want to leave it at the villa, or do you want to take it with you to the Rainbow Road? I think but we, you can't. You might not be able to take it on the road. You don't know on the Rainbow Road, so. I might have to say goodbye to it. Yeah, and there's so many people. Yeah, Yeah, we leave it at the villa. Okay. Come back. All right. You know, it's not that (laughs) long of a walk. Uh, I'm not going to do the whole map rolling dice thing. This is a relatively safe part of the wilds here. So, uh, but it did say a hex was what? One mile? 15 minutes. Right. So you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, you know, some maybe a four or five hour walk. It'll take you to dusk, like early evening, maybe five, six o'clock. 
Okay. Earth time. All right, perfect. So you gather up all the belongings you're going to bring with you. Um, everyone's packed up. Angela Ashy has made for herself a nice canvas holding uh, pack with, that holds two kids. So Nash, you got to take two kids, and okay. she's going to take two kids. Okay. And is this? Do right. I have a similar sack or or just carrying them? Yeah, yeah. She's made two of them. One for you. You have matching like packs, and you have like a child in the front and a child in the back. Okay. But the sacks are also adaptable. If they're not in child form, it turns into like a tool, uh, like a tool thing. So like the fork and and hammer or whatever shape they sort of take can just be like in a in a tool bag. But it's still on your chest, not on your lap, where it gets you know bounced around a lot. It's still safe. Okay. So you know, uh, fork and boot. Or no, sorry, fork and pipe take their their namesake forms yeah whereas um uh, nash jr and boot <laughs> are in baby forms okay. so which one do you want um i'm gonna take nash jr and boot all right so you've got nash jr and boot on you okay you got the two baby baby style right babies Okay, I'm just making a note of all this in case it's relevant at some point. Um, The baby style babies. Are we sticking to what we said on the bonus show that Nash Jr. is a girl? Oh, yes. I forgot about that. So Nash Jr. (laughs) is female, but we're still calling her Nash Jr. Yes. Yeah. Because we're progressive like that. (laughs) All right, so you've got your your daughter. (laughs) You've got your daughter, Nash Jr., and Boot. (laughs) And it carried okay perfect and josh has other two all right anything else we got before to consider before we set out i don't think so all right so you walk the four hours and then as you make your way through the forest you get closer and closer to what appears to be like a glass wall that's part of this giant dome that looks out into space overhead so then you begin to see like these risers in between the not risers but you know structure structure basically between glass panes and sort of in the wall there is that chamber, that hallway and doorway that you went in with the rainbow road inside. So you, you you walk forward, you look around, and it's quiet. There's no one there, and the forest turns into you know science fiction, cold you know metal and uh, walls, and and then you move in it, and then you move into this chamber, and the chamber is plain, uh, very sterile looking, uh, very spaceship looking, and there is the rainbow road, this sort of rainbow opening in the side with rainbow sort of energy zooming past and you can step on it and go to your location uh, which location would you like to go to there is uh, a, a handy little map on the right side I don't act- have an actual map but there's a map on the right side when we were dealing with the high elf did he I know he said that he wanted to talk to us again at some point did he ever specify how or where the impression you got that? with both the therapists and the high elf was just for you to come at things on your own at your own time. So they didn't bug you at all. The impression was when you were ready, you could talk to them, but there's no commitment. You might never be ready. They were like, you know, yeah, but did they give us an idea of where to go when we were ready. Right. They did not. They did not. Or contact them. None of that. Yeah. Well, Lyriel's your contact. You could ask Lyriel. Oh, good idea. We have Lyriel here. That's right. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, Lyriel, do you have any idea where we might go to speak to the Hive? I'll tell you, Kedulet. Oh, yes, the Kedulet. Follow me. And she'll Perfect. walk into the Rainbow Bridge. Excellent. 
so you follow Eliriel into the Rainbow Road, and you move in, and she go, she she walks in, and she turns, she just sort of floats up. Sorry, I wasn't trying to correct you, Chris, and I'm sorry. It can be a rainbow anything. I totally forgot. No, I was just taking the my Rainbow Road. Uh, that has rainbow in front of it. Rainbow trout is cool. Rainbow <laughs> trout. <laughs> All right, so you move in, and you go. Eliriel sort of whoosh, goes off, and the rest of the party, I assume, follows. Yeah. Um, so everyone sort of steps in and goes, and then you're traversing nothing but rainbows. And then you get off and immediately you're in this large cylindrical structure. And as you look up, it goes up. It feels like almost endlessly. It must be miles. And there's this long tube and there are balconies and everything's made of glass and lots of reflective services, lots of transparent glass showing space. And, and you see the deserty earth in the background and it just moves up. And as you step off, there are elves everywhere. There are probably about 400 elves milling about. There's a, there's a tape, there's like an information center right in the middle. And there are all these elves just hanging about going about their business. It's like New York city in here, just, but they're all wearing these black suits and have long blonde hair or short, you know, various elf blonde hairs for the most part. A lot of these are, are blondie elves, and they move around and just carry about their business. And you know, an elf like will walk by and like look at you and and keep walking and just ignore you, like you're not even there. Talking hundreds, thousands, like nothing. Overall, like on the floor you're on, there's maybe like several hundred, and okay. it's like a marble floor with, a, with an information like desk, you know. And there's some elves behind there at like keypads like typing and there's people moving about everywhere there are elevators there's stairs and there are balconies on every balcony there are like hundreds of elves this place is full of elves okay they're everywhere (laughs) (laughs) lousy with elves there's tons of elves everywhere all right any idea where to go from here yes everyone here uh one two three four five uh and she finishes counting uh this way please Okay, and just to the top of the cadulet was the high elf's uh, chamber. To the top we go. All right, so Liriel leads you to the elevator bay, and she pushes on a button, and you no. guys stand there. No, 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 no. There okay. has to be another way there. <laughs> Is there a problem? Uh, we had a little trouble in the last elevator. Varel, don't you think it is time that we conquer one's concerns over the elevator and prove these can be safe. You're saying I bring this up out of fear? No. I will pass this elevator. I merely desired a way that didn't involve so much fighting or calamity. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Perhaps this one will have zero calamity. We get off it if any... There are stairs available. You, you look around like, with, with that look, and you just see stairs right in your face. But <laughs> many, I wouldn't suggest it. How that many would floors take at least up? a day. Oh. Varel, the elevator should be fine. I would best we've conquered, stairs, though. We've conquered so many. And Everyone we, stay we, close. <laughs> He's in battle mode. Elevators. <laughs> okay. Um, so are you going to the elevator for real? Yes. Okay, and you hear a ding, and Liriel walks into the elevator and motions for everyone that's safe, and the entire, is the entire party trepidatious? Probably not Nash, but... No, I don't care. You know, I, just to describe it, everyone, okay, everyone's fine except Varel, who's last to get in, and 
I, I assume does like a security check before, <laughs> before getting up. And, I, and I take place right in front of the door. <laughs> I mean, Stanley, we've all been on the same elevator. Stanley's definitely looking for, okay, is there a way out if something does go wrong? There's okay. a level of caution, but he still thinks they're fairly safe. All right, do you want to make two? So um, let's make two separate investigation rolls. One for Vorel, uh, one for Stanley, please. Five. Uh, Varel, this, this place is a death box as far as you can tell. And, uh, Stanley to you, this looks like a pretty normal elevator. You've seen a couple now over the years, uh, you know, just in ruins and, and in places you've been and, you know, there, it looks about as precarious as any other elevator. Uh, if, should you be attacked by something on the way, which has happened a lot, but you feel a sense of safeness. I know that you're worried about dying Talus, but generally speaking, it looks like an elevator that's safe to you. Now, uh, uh, two of you seem very nervous, so maybe this will help. And Lyriel will clap her hands together, and she'll use prestidigitation to have a little lilting tune played on harp just emanate out of the elevator to kind of help everyone ease into it. Thank you, Lyriel. That does. That's... I'm soothed. Uh, Varel's having a hard time, so maybe a performance role versus insight unless Varel you have you want to use a different skill that you think fits contest wise no, that sounds good to me all right contest 14 five the music is delightful and you're a bit ashamed probably inside I don't know if you'll say anything but you know it's actually working this is the first elevator with music I like the difference it brings. <laughs> All right. So Varel walks in. I assume he's still standing, you know, arms at the side right in the front. Oh, yeah. Right right, right in the door where it would open. Yeah. Perfect. And the doors, the, the lovely stainless steel doors close. But the rest of the elevator is actually uh, quite clear in the back. So you can kind of see down the cadulet. And then immediately I need everyone to make a constitution saving throw unless you're an elf. Well, um, I'm definitely not that. What if you're a half elf? Yeah, you don't have to make it. Okay. If you have, if you have elf, if you have Sylvan or elf uh, heritage, you don't have to make it. What's sorry? What was the, the constitution? Like you said, uh, constitution saving throw, please. Seventeen. Nine. Oh, sorry. Seventeen for Nash. Nine. Eighteen. Eighteen. Seventeen for Nash. Eighteen for Hope. Okay, I'm just oh, rolling. Dude, that was for Varel. Oh, sorry for. Ver- 18 for Varel. Uh, what did Hope get? Sorry? Nine. Right? Nine. Yeah, nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. I think I got everyone. So this elevator is a science fiction elevator. It immediately goes and just goes and the, 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 it starts just like unfortunately it causes Hope for you to vomit. Uh, all four kids start vomiting as well. Oh no! Angela Ashy's okay. Nash is okay. Uh, Stanley and Morell are okay. But Angela Ashy, Hope, and the kids uh, are puking. Bok Bok is also puking, puking with squirts as well. And um, they're going mad. There's just a whole bunch of puking going on. And then within seconds, bleep, bing, and the elevator opens up with half the people in it, just like. And they start throwing up all over the floor. <laughs> and there's like a receptionist looking in the elevator going. 
non-elves, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then she giggles. (laughs) Do you come in? Lyria will stay behind and press to digitate away all the vomit as fast as she can. Perfect. All right. Yeah, you just go. Stanley will assist as people are coming out. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, the two elves, the half elf and the elf bond over cleaning other mortals. Uh, Cleanliness excellent. is next to godliness, they say. Mm. Next to elvenness, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. So the whole procession moves out of the elevator. It's quite packed, actually. So I probably should hit some people with the barf but we'll just leave it um you move into the to the to the this this um what do you call it not a foyer but the room before the big room the waiting room <laughs> you, like you know a in, the, in a big corporate office when you have like an office before the ceo and what do they call that like oh a, uh, uh the uh oh there's a word like for a, this there's a word for this reception yes that's reception. It. Yeah. That's so it. you're in the reception room and there's a there's an uh, you know a rather stern and slender looking elf uh, a woman sitting at the desk and she's been watching you and you approach the desk and she says the high elf amantha now i don't remember the name yep you did this to yourself <laughs> the high elf amantha lodar we'll see you now and then you didn't really notice, but there were these two doors, but they're like cut their doors made of vines. And there's like, it's really starkly contrasted to the science fiction space decor. You see a, like a, a fake wood desk, you know, and like, um, this, this institutional white panels and, and stuff. But then there's these doors that are just made of vines and the vines sort of unravel and opens up into this large circular chamber. And I guess you all just move right in, right? Unless you want to say anything to the receptionist. I just move nope. in. Yeah. Okay. So in. the whole procession moves in. Do do your NPCs come in or do they wait in, in the waiting room? Uh, if you're going to speak to the high elf, you may be speaking on sensitive matters. I don't know if you want everyone in there. It's mm, a fair Like Bok Bok, you know, the and serious statesman. We'll wait out here. You all, good luck. Okay, I imagine, I, I'm picturing Lyriel holding on to squirts and Bok Bok like, oh, wait out here. <laughs> Bok Bok's just like, going towards it. <laughs> I'm in there. Uh, is what he says, and Lyriel grabs him. All right, and, yeah, okay. it'll be just the four of us that go in. All right, so the four of you move in, and the binds grow behind you. And you see floating in the middle of the room, so this room, first of all, let me describe the room. There, It's like, like a glowing white, like there's light coming off the floor. And there are all these like panels where the white is, and then it's black. Sorry. And this room is like at the top of this spire, basically. And it's a big dome of nothing. It's just space. And what you see up there is you see Earth, but then you see the sun. And you know, her looking at it is, is very bright. And the sun's just blasting into this room. But you 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 seem aware intuitively that the glass covering the roof is protecting you from the full power of looking at the sun so even though it's like uh it's not doesn't cause you any retinal damage um floating in the center fully naked is the high elf and he's just floating there his legs well he he doesn't have use of his legs his legs are hanging out and he has his arms outstretched and he has his hands back and he's just floating above and then his voice calls out ah yes excuse me and then he sort of twirls around. And as he twirls around, you think you're going to see his really old elf junk for a second. But then 
almost out of nowhere, like a, a cloth appears and circles around him. And then he just robes himself by like not having to put on clothes, but the clothes just sort of swirl around him and form into clothes. He didn't even button anything up. And he, he generally just wears this, this very traditional elven garb that, you know, has a big V and you can see his chest hair. It's a big V. And then it has like these almost looks like a skirt, you know, like it doesn't, it's not really short. So they only go up to the, maybe his thigh and then as he lands as he goes to float down before you the the wheelchair that he floats on that floats on water sort of skims across the bottom of the floor and catches him very gracefully into the chair and then he floats up into his chair and he says pardon me I was photosynthesizing that's fine (laughs) Sorry to interrupt it. You... Oh, sorry. He gives you an annoying look. You haven't learned everything about your nature, have you, Valir? Clearly not. I didn't know photosynthesizing was an important thing for me to do. Well, the Elhandari elves do not necessarily need to nourish themselves with food alone. The sun provides all the nourishment an elf needs. Should you like to try it sometime, I would find you a tutor. It can be a bit difficult at first. I mean, that would be fine, but uh, unfortunately we have come to tell you that we need to leave. Oh? Very well. You are free to go, of course. We are here to help you in any way possible. Well, in addition to that, the thing is, we are not safe here. This is not proven to be the haven that we thought and perhaps hoped it would be. I am being pursued by an archfey known as Diantalus. Are you familiar with any of that? He freezes. He has returned. He is here. I knew this day would come. Tell me, how do you know of this dying Talos? Well, back on Earth, uh, my friends found themselves lulled in a hypnotic state to this underground location. And I followed them. Whatever it was that was taking hold of them did not seem to take hold of me. And down there, I found uh, an old, decaying elf and some form of creature that she seemed to be feeding people to. And uh, in an attempt to save my friends, I killed her, I killed the creature, and shortly after her defeat, a body emerged from a lake of oil down there and claimed to be an archfey, claimed to say that I didn't know my heritage or who I was. And before I had any time to defend myself, implanted himself in my mind. I was able to get rid of him for a while after that. Uh, the principal, who you saw, uh, was actually able to remove Diantalus from me. 
But when he appeared on this station and attacked me, he told me Diantalis was already searching for me. That's why I was hesitant to receive whatever vision it was you intended to impart. But now he has made himself known. Uh, in the wilds, uh, whatever you call it out there, we uh, encountered him and a bunch of other elves who seemed to be acting on his accord. Unfortunately, we had to kill them in defense of ourselves, but he escaped. Now he could be anywhere or anybody, and we feel that our presence on this station only endangers more elves. Did you get the name of these elves? Did you see their dress? Uh, I believe we were told that they were dressed as the Cajulet Council of Mages. An overgenerous right? and unofficial title, but, um, <clears throat> yes, the mages of the council have gone missing, but <clears throat> you've killed them all. Yeah, they were disguised as deer and then tried to abduct Hope here and lure me into a trap of some kind. Was there anything unusual about the way they were acting? They all acted hungry. They all seemed to be craving food. He turns around and puts his arms behind his back as he stands from his wheelchair. But he doesn't, he walks, but what happens is quite strange. Vines rise up from the ground. They don't damage anything. Vines rise up and hold his legs in place. So he's not really walking. The vines are holding him up, but he's moving as though he's walking. But these vines and trees that rise up, rise up to meet his legs and hold him up, simulating walk. He seems agitated, very upset. He turns to uh, space to the sun in particular, and then looks out at it as he says, <clears throat> I'm sorry that your visit here was fraught with danger from this. I assure you the elves of Elhandar have nothing to do with this. In fact, we have everything to do with why you found him where you found him. Do you know the story of Diantalus? As he told you. He was not particularly forthcoming with information when we were together. After the elves decided to plot in secret against the humans of Earth, for they had succumbed to the influence of demons, we made efforts to create a rebellious army amongst the humans. However, they were impulsive, and we had made a mistake in doing so, and we severed our ties with them. Unfortunately, those activists, as they called themselves, would not give up, and they found their own way to the Feywild. And there they found someone interested in helping them, Diane Talus, the Archfey of Carnage. <clears throat> now, you are new to Elhandar, young elf, so you know not the ways of our kind yet. But the elves do not 
how shall I say, do not indulge gods. We are the custodians of life. We are the keepers of the Archfey. And the Archfey are the true deities of creation. Now, I know you don't feel this way right now, but it is some kind of blessing to know a god so intimately. Wouldn't you say? I don't know if I would go that far. He seemed to cause nothing but pain and hurt for me. Yes. He is in pain and hurt as well. He is an archfey, and he is missing from the royal court in the Feywild. We had not the means at the time to return him, but he fought alongside these activists. And not only did he strike against the demons and their co-conspirators, he struck out against Elhandar. Together with the humans of Earth, we put him away till he could be dealt with. And unfortunately, you've opened his prison much too soon. By accident or otherwise, it matters not. We must deal with this problem now. He must be returned home to his family to face justice for the crimes he has committed. He has slain several thousand of the Alhandari elves. But he is an archfey. And we cannot bring harm to the gods. Doing so would put balance, creation out of balance. We will need to return him. You have a great task before you, Stanley. How would we even begin to do that? I mean, we fought him and it didn't go well. We will summon him and we will speak with him and we will make him see that he must return to the Feywild. He doesn't strike me as the see reason and going to work with you type. Tell me, you have observed the state of rot that an elf goes through when it dies on the planet's surface, yes? Yes. What do you suppose that does to an archfey? You're saying he has been decaying into madness the same way others would. Yes. And if he is back, and if he is in the soil with the Feywild... He will hear its call. There is no scenario where Diantalus will leave this place. It calls to him as it calls to you, as it calls to me. We must speak with Diantalus. We must convince him to return home and end this, his involvement in this. He has much better things to be doing There's nothing for him to do here. He is not needed. His nature is one of balance. He slays things. He delights in killing scores. Every army that has fallen has fallen because Diantalus put his lips to the wind and went... Whew. 
He must be returned so that balance can be restored. He has been away too long. I seek your aid in this, Stanley, for he has likely developed a fascination with you by the sounds of it. I mean, that was the reason we were intending to leave. I assumed he would follow, but now you're saying he will not. He may. He does not belong here. He belongs home. I know that you don't know what that means. I can show you if you wish. But it will take some time. And we have much to do here. I feel from you a lack of trust of anyone. Born from years on the desert, no doubt. When no one is friend to Elf. You are home, Stanley. We'll invite him here now and settle this. This is my wish. What say you? Look to my friends. Are you all up for round two? Hope we'll give a silent slow nod. Nash will uh, glance at his family. They're with, are they with us in here? Or no, no, no they're, in the, they're in the reception chamber. All right, well, he'll be thinking of them, but then nod. He's hesitant, but he'll he's he's in. Fight him. There will be no violence in here. And we're to speak with him. We are to tell him to return home. <laughs> is Varel making those faces of confusion? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, are we acting or is this Kyle going like, what is, what are we playing D&D anymore? <laughs> no, no, this is, this would be Varel sitting in stunned silence of an elf being like, let's invite him in and then I'll, I'll get possessed and I'll shoot tentacle plants everywhere and like, I don't, I don't like this idea at all. But it's not really my place to stand against it, so I will instead gesture to the air. Alright. You seem to know more about it than we do. If you think this is the best course of action, so be it. But make no mistake, the people that are in this room, the people that are outside of this room, I care about them a great deal. And if this does not go well, I will not hesitate take them out of here as quickly as possible and leave everyone on this ship to their fate that you have invited. I agree that family is important. <clears throat> we can arrange for um, security measures to be taken. We have secure chambers that he should not be able to gain access to even for an archfey. Do you wish me to do that? 
would you prefer they stay in reception? Let's keep them close for now. Very well. Do you have any preparations to make? Like any spells or anything like that you want to cast ahead of time? I don't know. Uh, just to give you a heads up, this is likely to be a social combat. So I know you have social combat tools. It would be a good time to make consider it and take all the time that you need. Don't let me rush you and don't let the close to end of show time disturb your strategizing either. In fact, I, you can I all test your strategy. My brass knuckles of calming. <laughs> <laughs> and the knee breaker. Punch the calm He's... right into him. <laughs> you are open to ideas. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm as prepared as I'm going to be. Very well. <clears throat> and the high elf then sits, uh, before he sits, he walks over with his rooty legs to, um, there's like a little bit of a garden off to the side that you didn't really notice. Just a few plants. And he picks off a few berries and he eats a couple. And he sort of mushes them around his mouth and he holds his hand out to the party with four berries in them and offers them to you. These will help strengthen your resolve. All right. Doing a lot on faith today, but we'll take them. <laughs> one as well. I can't tell if it's the elves or me you can't trust. and you, uh, Probably both, but... Both. Yeah. It's both. I really broke you guys with Dylan Noria, didn't I? Like, I really feel like there was a moment where you're like, hope, I remember Kristen being like, Kid, I'm gonna kill it. Scott Nash, would you like a berry? Oh, I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm gonna need ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, the guy who puts literally anything in his mouth is offered a berry, and is like seems suspect to me. Well, it's offered. If it's not offered, he's all good. If someone gives it to him, he's suspicious. Yeah, right? there's yeah. some there's something about that the act of that that I don't trust versus you know myself knowing my risks and I make the choice. It's Lick the a same frog, hemothag, all in. It's the same eat, as the... Eat a berry? No. It's the same no, as the bonbons. I don't know where these came from. Um, given the circumstances, though, I don't really see a choice, and I'll do it. Okay. I did have to and, think um, it, though. Varel Hope? <laughs> yep, Hope's going to munch one. <laughs> all right, and Varel? I'll see in the party do it. I'll join in for a second time today. Perfect. And then, um, at, man, oh, this guy's name, Bo, seriously. I wanted to come up with a fancy high elf name, man. I was like, it's got to have lots of syllables. <laughs> uh, high elf Amanthalodar then takes the uh, last one and he goes, and he smiles a bit just for a moment. Then he goes back to Sirius. Are you ready? Yes. And he turns, uh, well, so he goes back to his chair, he sits, and then he floats up a little bit to sort of beam out what he's about to yell, like, into space. And he goes, <clears throat> Diantalus, you have long been missed in the Feywild, and you have profaned against your children. The elders of Elhandar call you to account 
for the mistakes and the deaths you have caused us that were not in line with creation. Answer your charges. And then with a flash, ethereal light fills the room, strands, and it assembles immediately with a puff of smoke. Large alien-looking elf with eyes too close together and too large stands in ghost form in the room opposite of High Elf Amantalodar. No, no. Tientalus looks around and goes, This is interesting. Finally grew a pair, eh, High Elf? What do you want? Amanta Lodar looks at him and says, You have been called here to return home. The royal court is in need of you. Creation is out of balance. You have come here and had your little sojourn among the mortals. It is time for you to return. I'm not quite done here, he says. And Dientalus begins pacing around the room looking. And what is he doing here? Dientalus sort of looks at you as he paces in a circle around the large room. Mantelar says, He will speak of his own accord. You would do well to listen, Archfey. Well, out with it. We're calling you to account, Diantalis. You've been there for much of our journey. Uninvited, unwelcomed. You haven't been without wisdom or merit, as you spoke. You, like me, have seen what happens to our people on that planet. And the High Elf tells me it's what's happening to you now. You're here. A place much like what they describe as home. You are very close to returning. Isn't that where you would rather be? Than playing these games, these schemes. All right. Can you please make a uh, persuasion rule, please? Or you can choose religion if you wish. Um, and you know, if there's anything, any additional benefit that you're doing with that, then please time is now, uh, you know, inspiration, that kind of deal. I don't think I can inspire myself. So we're going to just persuade. It's an important role. So we're going to roll it physically because I don't trust D and D beyond. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to go ahead and use my DM inspiration to roll with advantage. 
just in case. Uh, best roll out of the two is a 25. All right. Better roll than his. Mm. He's not wrong. He sort of mutters it to himself. Yes, this place stinks of mortals and their stupid problems. But I like this place. The people here die good. Why should I not leave until I've killed every last one? And then what? An eternity of boredom? The inability to even watch your handiwork play out across this universe? You're thinking small, Dantalus. I thought better of you. Ooh. Is there an insult roll? Like, not an insult <laughs> roll, but like a shaming roll? I guess it's persuasion, so continue. Do the roll or continue speaking? Yeah, to persuasion roll. Unless you want to keep, have more dialogue, then you can keep no, going, of course. We'll start with that. I, was, I just reacted to what you said. I felt that in my you know soul. It's like, That's whoa. a dirty 20. Okay. Hmm. You see, Stanley, I have all the time in the world. You've only got a little blip. Tell me, why would I listen to an insignificant gnat on the subject of great creation that you know so little about? Because I'm right. Because more than that, you bounced around inside my head whispering to this insignificant gnat your truths. The words you wanted heard and understood and proclaimed and shown to others. If I am so small, Dian Talis, why did you spend so much time hitching your wagon to me? Why did you then pursue me the very moment that you were free? You know that I might just be a tiny blip now, but you know potential. You see it. You've chased it. Make your roll with advantage. That's a particularly good speech. Oh, I gotta make mine. It's gonna be a 24 for the best roll. Close, but successful. I have profaned too much against the royal court. They will ostracize me. I will spend millennia cast out. Why would I return to that? Because it's where you belong. It's your home. It's where you have the most potential. How long did you sit beneath the inky blackness in the oil, waiting for your moment? You've waited before. As you yourself just said, it's but a blip. Besides, 
there's one thing that you should have learned from me. Is that when you do the right thing, forgiveness comes quick. And I am not beyond thinking you, even you, could achieve that. Roll the dice. Uh, it is going to be a 15. Beat my roll. Lucky. <laughs> With a 2! With a 2! Yeah, I got 11. <laughs> um, okay, so... He stops for a second in a ghostly tear. Nash, it's ghost water. A ghostly tear <laughs> appears on the side of his eye. I go, Ah! And streams down the side of his face. And you see that he's stuck in deep thought, deep godly thought. You can feel the the thinking that's going on inside of his ghost brain. And in this moment, we're going to slow down time. I'm going to ask Varel, Stanley, and Nash to take off their headphones, please. Just for a few moments. Standing behind him, the hooded figure of the voice appears. He he utters a quick phrase to you. You will kill him and take his power. Do you want this? No. He's but a... He's nothing. He wastes his power. We need this power. Take it. No. I will leave you to decide what you wish to do, but I will give you his key nonetheless. If you wish to... Sorry, one sec. (laughs) You really put it... Speak the following words so that he hears it. Care, laundry, mehi jajul, my heistita. Every archfey has a phrase that will undo it. Speak those words, hope, and his essence will be yours. And then when you look again, the voice is gone. Everyone can put headphones back on. We're back. Diantalus is stuck in thought with the tear in his eye. And you can feel him relenting. You can feel your victory, Stanley. And he turns to you and he begins approaching you closely. Stanley. You are my anchor back to Normalcy. I find I cannot go on without you. Come with me to see my father. Tell him what you know of me. Come with me to the Feywild and rule in the royal court 
alongside me as my chosen. If you do this, I can return home. I will help you. If you mean it, if this is truly your desire, I will aid you. And that is a promise, but it is a promise that I have also made to these people here. When would we need to return? Can I see to my business here first? Yes. Do what you need to, for you will not be coming back. And Stanley will look to the High Elf. What are we to do with Don Talis in the meantime? clearly cannot go back to Earth. You do not want him here, you've already said. Mistrust is your nature, from the world that you are from. You carry it with you in all that you do. I see it plainly now, after speaking with you. It would have helped to see our therapists, but no matter. The Archfey are true to what they say, even when they are deceitful. They are their nature. I see Diantalus has a connection with you that he values. Diantalus will not harm or disrupt Elhandar so long as you go with him. I do not need his affirmation to know this. This is the way of elves and the Fey Court. There will be no reassurances. The fact that he says it's so makes it so then is he to remain here he will remain with me how much time and the dying tell speaks how much time do you need I don't know we're on a mission to save the planet stop the principal a voice appears in your head privately just to you Stanley it's Amantha Lodar's voice, and he says, The longer you tarry, the higher the risk he changes his mind. Don Talis, you yourself know that my soul is already spoken for. I need to resolve this before I can commit to anything further. Sorry, maybe I misunderstood. So are you asking how much time you're asking for? Or you're not committing? You're not, not doing committing. It. I'm basically saying... You don't have to go with him. You can tell him no and try and convince him he should go on his own without you. That's an option, just in case you weren't thinking of it. And we can continue with the social combat. It's not over. <laughs> 
Or you can choose to go with him and social combat's over and your fate is sealed for the time being. Consider this the epic final thrust of a big sword fight. He's asking you to come with him. It seems like a loss, but also a victory. But maybe you can go for the full victory. You know there is much that I have to do. You know that the weir has a claim upon my soul. You know I have my own mandate to see that my friends achieve their goals. If you return, I will do everything in my power to finish quickly and come and speak on my behalf. You have my word. You are too kind-hearted for your own good. Make your roll. We are doing persuasion contest. A 29. Very well. I shall return to the Feywild now. But I will return to my stead, to my court. I will not go to the royal court. And I will refuse to leave until Stanley comes. And if he does not, if he dies before he gets to me. I will come back here and I will rend the life of every elf on this space station. And then I will take their souls and bury them in the blackest pit that I can find. And then I will have the hordes of hell trample over it and defecate and desecrate all who failed to meet this accord. Do we have one, Stanley? We do. That said, my victory is far more assured with your aid. It's no secret the principal fears you. That's why he wanted us separated when he arrived. You serve a unique point to make our goals easier. Will you help us? Yes. And that's where we leave it. Bam, 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 bam. Show's over. Woo! Wow. <laughs> Good Lord. Right. Sorry, I was just, I had to cut the tension there. I was getting all... Like, Scared the hell it. out of me there for a second. Sorry. sorry. I, well, maybe that's too aggressive for the podcast. <laughs> I just, I just, I was like all pent up. It had, it just had to get out. And I'm like, let's end the show. It, Very good, good episode, everyone. That's he great. said yes. Yeah. Congratulations on your victory, Stanley. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Well done, Stanley. Your vocal talents precede you, uh, as we knew was true. Uh, well done. That was amazing. And uh, we'll be back again. Hold on. Let me check my calendar thing because there's a there's a thing coming up, and I want I don't want to screw this up. I already kind of messed it up a film sack. Hold on. So I am uh, gonna be gone on the fifteenth. Fifteenth. So we'll yeah. We're not here next I week. Don't- we're not here next week. I don't think I'm going to... There's some talk about us doing something, and that might still come up, but um, 
I don't think I'm. I think probably it's looking likely for a week off. We can announce that on Twitter, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. If something do. happens, we'll make sure to let everybody know if if, if something still yeah. airs. But um, and if it does, it'd be like some kind of one-off or who knows, some kind of Nash is trapped in a void of toilets or some weird thing like they're gonna do to me while I'm. Oh, I want to play that right now. I want to yeah. see the world yeah. of toilets. Holy shit! Yeah. Like you see toilets everywhere. You're swimming through it. Like, oh, I gotta bullshit. find the way out. Is this toilet the way out? And you go in and come out another. Okay, sorry. No kidding. Stop. By the way, John, you have very lucky dice today. That was awesome. Holy crap. I have a plus yeah. 13 to persuasion. Oh, it was yeah. not Holy the best shit. rolls in the whole wide world. Three had, of those rolls, you were one over on my result. I rolled a two Including the low one, one of those rolls. Yeah, <laughs> I rolled a two, but a two is a 15. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Looks like you've got what it takes to talk a god down from Damn Jennifer. straight. That's it's an impressive feat, but uh, yeah. So, now. so it's looking like next week nothing, but if something comes up, we'll let you know via Twitter and that sort of thing. We're back the following Sunday. I'll be home by then, and all will be well. So don't stress about it too much. We're gonna miss uh, having you next week, but uh, you know stuff comes up. We got things to do. Don't forget that uh, you can go support us at therewillbedungeons.com. We highly recommend that because you get all kinds of rewards, including bonus shows. Which a couple of weeks ago, all our, our all our supporters got that. If you don't support us there, you get it late, and you don't want things that are late. Late is lame. So go sign up. You can get in for very little, and you get a whole lot for your little. So check it out. That's therewillbedungeons.com. and everything else is over there as well. Our Twitter account, old shows, ways to contact us, lots of information. Therewillbedungeons.com. That's gonna do it for us, for me, for Bo, for John, for Kristen, for Kyle, for Baby Chunks. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.